official podcast of Church at the Well in Burlington, Vermont. For more information about Church at the Well, including gathering time and location, events, and how you can financially support the podcast, please visit us online at wellchurchvt.com. Well, I'm going to title my sermon today, Catching Your Breath. Um, We're doing a series this summer called Rooted, and what we're doing is we're taking one word from the original languages of Scripture, which are primarily Hebrew and Greek. We're taking one Hebrew word or one Greek word each Sunday, and we're kind of digging down to its roots to investigate it, to find out the fuller depth and meaning of what God was communicating with the use of that word. And so today, we're going to look at the Hebrew word ruach. Can you guys say that with me? Ruach. Now you have to clear your throat at the end, or you're not speaking Hebrew. It's ruach. There you go. Like some <laughs> That's good. So ruach is used 389 times in the Old Testament, and it, it means spirit. It also means wind. It also means breath. Now, breath isn't something that we think about often, unless it smells, then we think about our breath, right? If if you drank coffee this morning, you probably thought, wow, I have terrible coffee breath. Um, And that's why we buy mints (laughs) to spare our friends from our terrible breath. But outside of our breath smelling bad, it's not something that we typically think about often, not something that we spend a lot of time considering. But, But most of our energy comes from breathing. Did you know that? Most of our energy comes from breathing. According to the EPA, we average between 17,000 and 23,000 breaths every day. It's a lot of breathing, right? It's the equivalent of 11,000 liters of air. And you can say, well, how much is 11,000 liters of air? Well, I'll give you a visual to remember. Have you ever seen one of those concrete mixing trucks, the SD Ireland truck? That tank is 11,000 liters. So the next time you see an SD Ireland truck roll by, you can tell yourself, that's how much air I need to breathe today. Now, our reliance on breathing makes us incredibly fragile creatures. Psalm 39.5 says this, each person's life is but a breath. How many of you guys have ever struggled breathing before? Maybe you've experienced asthma or panic attacks or an allergic reaction to something where your throat swelled up or or shortness of breath. In the winter, right, you get a cold and you get congested and you you kind of, breathing becomes laborious. Um, Or or maybe you've had the wind knocked out of you. I remember when I I was in college, um, I went to a little Bible college out in the West Coast in Oregon and I made the basketball team, but I never played because I was at the end of the bench. And the only time I would get to go into the game would be like if we were losing by 20 points and there was a minute left in the game or a minute and a half left in the game. Right? But I treasured those minutes because I knew I was probably only going to get 15 or 20 minutes the entire season to be out on the court and play. And I remember one such game, and I got in, and man, that minute and a half, I was going to play hard, even though it was kind of a meaningless game. They weren't meaningless to me. And all those guys, the opponents and even people on my team were much bigger, stronger than me. Um, 
Back then, I relied on quickness and speed, which I've lost all of. But, <laughs> but I, I really worked hard, and I remember running to scrap for a ball because I had to scrap for every ball, and one of the opponents got a rebound. And in basketball, sometimes when an opponent gets a rebound, they take their elbows and they clear out, right? And it caught me right here in the diaphragm, knocked the wind out of me. Have you ever had the wind knocked out of you? It only lasts for like six or seven seconds, but it feels like six or seven minutes, right, where you can't breathe. You're just trying to breathe, but you can't breathe. And so for those of us who, who have ever struggled with breathing, we know that we don't realize how important it is until we can't do it, right? How many of you have ever come home from a stressful day and you catch yourself taking a deep breath, right? You get home from work or from school or from whatever. Maybe it's just been a stressful time and you're like, or have you ever heard somebody that you're close to do that? Yeah, me too. Why do we do that? Well, that's our, that's our body's way of responding to not breathing enough. And in, in fact, stress can, can cause us to breathe from our chest and not from our diaphragm, which doesn't produce as much air. Do something for me right now. Take one hand and put it on your chest, and the other one put it right on your diaphragm and your stomach, and just take a couple breaths. Which hand moves? Yes, your diaphragm. But when we're stressed, what happens is we breathe more from our chest and we're not getting enough air. And so sometimes when we come home from a stressful day, it's <sighs> our body's telling us, right? When I look at how we live and how I live sometimes and how I function and how we function, I see a world that's trying to catch its breath. Do me, do, do me another um, service. <laughs> Take a deep breath in, and then exhale. Okay, hold it, and don't breathe in again until I tell you. Keep holding it. Keep holding it. Keep holding it. Okay, stop before you pass out. Here, here's, the, here's the thing about breathing. We can't last very long in an exhaled state. Right? At some point, we have to breathe in. And when I look at how we live, what I see is a world that's stuck in a state of exhale, that's out of breath, that's winded, that's exhausted, that's frantically trying to breathe in. Right? We're all just trying to catch our, our breath. Well, let me submit this question to you. What if our breathing is a picture of a deeper reality? What, what if it's supposed to show us our continual dependence on God's Spirit? And you might say, Adam, I don't continually depend on God's Spirit. I only depend on God's Spirit occasionally. <laughs> when, I, when I have a prayer need, I depend on God's Spirit. When I'm going through a rough patch, I depend on God's Spirit. But I would argue that even though you're not aware of it, just like you're not aware of all the breaths you take in a day, that you are continuously dependent on God's Spirit. The air that you breathe is a gift from God. It's on loan to you. Your breath is on loan to you. right? And I would even argue that every blessing that we know, whether it's air or coolness or warmth or comfort, or, or peace, or joy, uh, or 
contentment or rest or satisfaction or creativity or light or friendship, all of the blessings that you and I experience are byproducts of God's presence, of his blessings. And in fact, I would argue that none of us have ever known an existence apart from God's presence and blessing. We can't even imagine what a place void of God's presence and God's blessing would look like. The only word that we could even come up with to try to to explain or describe such a place that did not have any of God's presence or any of the blessings of his presence, the only word we could use would be hell, right? And I say all that to say this. It's possible to experience God's blessings the blessings of God, and still not be in tune and connected with him. And that's the deeper reality behind the Hebrew word ruach. It, 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 ruach tells us this, that we're not just dependent on God's blessings like air we breathe, but we're dependent on his spirit as well, even if we're not aware of it. We're dependent on his spirit. Now, most of the time, I mentioned that Ruach was used 389 times in the Old Testament. Most of the time, Ruach, the Hebrew word, appears in the Old Testament. It's referring to the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, one of the three members of the, of the Trinity, God the Father and the Holy Spirit, or God the Son and the Holy Spirit. And according to Scripture, there are three primary activities of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit does all kinds of activity according to the Scriptures. But if I was going to try to, to uh, shorten them down to three primary activities, uh, here's what they would be. The first activity of the Holy Spirit according to Scripture is creating and sustaining life. In fact, when we open up our Bibles, the very first use of the word ruach is found in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2, right at the beginning. And it says this, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that word spirit is ruach. The ruach of God was hovering over the waters in the creation narrative. Then in Genesis chapter 2, just one chapter later, chapter 2 verse 7, we see that God breathes his breath into Adam. And he became a living being, right? The Ruach of God brought him into life. Isaiah the prophet in the Old Testament talks of God giving breath to all his creation. And that word breath is translated from the Hebrew word Ruach, right? So from the very beginning, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit was involved with with creating and and sustaining life. Now, the second activity of the Holy Spirit, according to Scripture, is empowering people for specific tasks, uh, divine enablement, if you will. And we can go back again to the book of Genesis. In, in Genesis chapter 41, we read of Pharaoh, right? And, and Pharaoh is having these strange dreams, and he asks this question in Genesis 41, is there anyone with the Spirit of God in him? Is there anyone with the Ruach? Of God in him? Is there anyone who's divinely enabled to interpret these dreams I'm having? And of course, the Spirit does just that. He enables Joseph to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. 
The, the next book of the Bible, Exodus chapter 31, we read about a craftsman named Bezalel who is filled with the Spirit of God, it says in Exodus 31. He's filled with the Ruach of God to make artistic designs for the tabernacle and for the temple. And, and we see him being divinely enabled, empowered for that task. Later on in the Old Testament, we see the Spirit filling the Old Testament prophets. Uh, they told of a Messiah who would come, this new king, one who would be fully permeated with the Ruach of God, which leads us to the third activity of the Holy Spirit. The third activity of the Holy Spirit is, according to Scripture, is pointing people to Jesus and the new creation. And before Jesus ascended into heaven, if you remember, he talked to his disciples about before Jesus, rather, ascended to heaven, he talked to his disciples about the Holy Spirit, and he told his disciples to wait for the Spirit to come because he's going to empower you. He's going to point people to, to me. He's going to teach you all things. He's going to teach you about the new creation that God is creating. In John chapter 14, in verse 26, Jesus says this, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So Jesus tells his disciples before he ascends to heaven that the Spirit is going to point to Jesus and teach the disciples how God is recreating the world. And then in John 20, Jesus does something really strange. He breathes on his disciples. John chapter 20, verse 21 Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Why on earth did Jesus breathe on his disciples? That's so weird, right? People ask, why, do Christ why are Christians so weird? Well, it's because of this stuff right here. Like Jesus got some disciples, he's like breathing on them. Yeah. He's breathing on them. So why did he do that? Why did he breathe on his was disciples? He, was he trying to have them check his breath before a speaking engagement? Was something happening that we don't know of? Well, the reason that he breathed on them is this. He was initiating a new creation. Just like in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, it says God breathed into Adam's nostrils and Adam became a living being. I had to confess to you guys, I read that verse this week because as I was preparing God breathing into Adam's nostrils, and I said a prayer I never thought I'd imagined I would pray before. Holy Spirit, breathe your, your raka into my, into my nostrils. I've never asked God to do anything to my nostrils before. <laughs> but I read that verse, I'm like, ah, oh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a prayer I've never prayed before. I want to I pray that one. But just like Genesis 2, God breathed, it says, into Adam's nostrils, and he became a living being. Here we see Jesus again breathing on his disciples because he's initiating this new creation. Right? That's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, it says this, if anyone is in Christ, they're a new creation. Right? The Spirit of God. Now, that was a lot of theology, <laughs> You're probably wondering, what am I supposed to do with all that? That's interesting. <laughs> you now have a prayer involving your nostrils. That's great. But what else are we supposed to do with this? Well, if I were to strip all this down, um, this is how I would say it. 
you and I will never be able to fully catch our breath until we learn how to be continually filled with the Spirit, with the Ruach of God. See, I believe this, that we're not just designed to breathe air, to need air. We're also designed to need God's Spirit. The same Spirit that creates and sustains life, the same Spirit that empowers us to do His work, the same Spirit that that points us to Jesus and to the new creation, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And what we really need I'm convinced of this. What, what we really need in order to catch our breath is to be continuously filled with the Spirit. So how do we do that? Well, it's really simple. We ask Him. <laughs> Through prayer, we ask Him to fill us. You know, there's this passage in 1 Thessalonians. Maybe, maybe some of you have read it before. But the Apostle Paul exhorts the church in Thessalonica to pray without ceasing. You ever read that? Now, I spent years of my life being troubled by that verse because it sounds impossible, doesn't it? Wait, 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 what? Pray without ceasing. I'm, I'm barely praying once a day. I'm barely praying a few times. How am I supposed to pray without ceasing? Well, what if, what if this understanding of Ruach, what if our breathing could help us pray without ceasing? We take between 17,000 and 23,000 breaths a day. So what if we could use a few of those breaths each day to remind ourselves of our need to be filled with the Spirit of God, the Ruach of God? So I'm going to share something with you that that, uh, I've done before and did quite a lot of this week, and it's something that folks call breathing prayer. And the idea of it is to match a prayer with one of your breaths. And it's just one way to pray. There's all kinds of ways to pray. I, I, like, I like to have toolbox uh, full of tools that I don't know how to use at my house. <laughs> but as a pastor, I, I like, and, and just as a follower of Jesus, I like to have a toolbox of different ways to pray. And, and sometimes we're pretty good with one tool and we don't know how to use another but really, they're all kind of important for what I'm told when you're building something, to have all these tools and know how to use them. And so this is just one prayer tool that, that I take out of my prayer toolbox quite often. And, it, and folks have called it breathing prayer. And you're just taking a prayer and you're matching it with your breath. So is it okay if I illustrate for you kind of how I do this? All right. So some mornings I'll be in my car. And I'm just trying to think about my day and all the stuff ahead of me. And I'm not in my you know, prayer time. But that whole idea of praying without ceasing, it just fascinates me and it eludes me. And so when I, when I found out about this breathing prayer, I was like, oh, I, I, need, to, I need to try that tool. And so, so sometimes I'll be in my car and I'll just be driving and I'll do something like this. I'll, I'll say spirit and then I'll inhale. And then I'll say the next part of my prayer as I exhale. So I'll go, spirit, fill me today. Or I'll say, Father, remind me that I'm yours. I'll I'll, I'll pray, Jesus, have mercy on me. And I just pause for a minute. 
A lot of times I pray this one. God of peace, remove my anxiety. Say, Holy Ghost, empower me for this. And just exhale. And so I want to invite you guys to do something really kind of different. We don't typically do this at, ch- at Church at the Well. Um, we, we take communion together once a month. It's, it's you, typically the last Sunday of every month that we take communion together. And when we come to the table, what we're really doing is we're remembering the sacrifice that Jesus paid on the cross, right? So that we could be reunited and reconnected with God and that we could be filled with the Spirit. That we could have the Ruach of God. And so usually when we take communion, we all come up and take the bread and the cup and we take it back to our seats. And then I administrate it and we take it all together. But this, this morning what I thought we could do is just something a little bit different. Um, we have two tables set up. And I thought that what we could do is when we come up to the table, let's just take communion up at the table. And so when you come up, there's probably room, I don't know, for five, six people around each table. Here's what I'm going to invite you to do is grab the bread and the cup. Again, we have gluten-free options listed on each table for our gluten-free friends. Grab the bread and the cup and just take five to ten seconds. And I want to invite you to, to do a breathing prayer. And just make, make one up, whatever it is. Maybe it's, maybe it's spirit. Help me to catch my breath. Maybe it's Jesus. Thank you for the cross. And one thing that I find with the breathing prayer is it actually, it works and feels better when you whisper it because it's more like your breath, right? So, God, thank you that you're here. And so I'm going to invite you to do that. Music will be playing. You just whisper a breathing prayer. Just try it. And then take the bread and the cup and just take it here at the table And if you wouldn't mind, just put the the cup down in the tray or on the table, and we'll all head back to our seats, and we'll sing a worship song together. How does that sound? You guys on board for for doing that this morning? Can I pray for us all before we take communion, and I'll invite the worship band to come up? Let's pray. God, we we, we praise you for being the, the breath of life. And we confess that we are a people, we're a culture, we're a society who is continuously stuck in a state of exile. We run around doing all the things that we do, depleting ourselves all the time, not even realizing all the breaths that we're taking that are sustaining us, the breath that, that, that you've loaned to us as a gift. But God, we want to pause this morning and just ask ourselves the question, what if our breathing is a picture of a a deeper reality to show us how desperately we depend on your spirit to fill us so that we don't live in a state of exhaustion, so that we don't live spiritually winded lives, where we don't have to live an existence of feeling like the wind got knocked out of us, We praise you for the Ruach of God. 
So Holy Spirit, we know you're present. We know you're here right now. We welcome you. Make us aware of your presence, even as we're breathing right now. Make us aware of our need and dependence on the Spirit of God to continually fill us. As we come to the table and we take the bread and the cup, and we remember what Jesus did for us, God, may we also just be gently convicted by the Holy Spirit because that's how you convict us, not in condemnation, but in love and kindness, that, that we have been taking the Ruach of God for granted just like we take the air that we breathe for granted. But God, you are committed to revealing yourself to us and transforming our lives. And I pray, God, that not one of us would be able to leave this room today without being transformed and changed. That your spirit would fill us, even as we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand together? As the music plays, I'm going to invite you to come down. We have two lines here. And just gather around the table, grab the bread and the cup, and you can take communion on your own this morning. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Church at the Well is a community reintroducing Jesus in Vermont through worship, service, creativity, and community.